Welcome to the Multiply Your Success podcast, where each week we help growth-minded entrepreneurs and franchise leaders take the next step in their expansion journey. I'm your host, Tom Dufour, CEO of Big Sky Franchise Team. And as we open today, have you ever wondered how someone goes from zero franchises and owning no business to a wildly successful multi-unit operator? Well, if you've ever wondered that, Maybe you're a franchisor, wonder maybe how that mindset works. Today's episode is for you. Our guest today is Brian Beers, and Brian is a dynamic entrepreneur. He's a podcast host and proud father. And over the last few years, Brian and his brother have scaled their franchise auto repair business, going originally from zero to six, then to 33 locations and grossing over more than $40 million in revenue. Brian offers valuable insights into scaling a business and the rewards of multi-unit franchising. You're going to love our interview, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. Yeah, Brian Beers, my title, I guess, is, is president of the, the Prenlin Automotive Group. My brother and I have scaled our, our you know, f- family business from just a handful of automotive repair franchises. Today, we operate 33 locations. We'll do $42 million in, in revenue, about 200 employees, all in the, the Philadelphia New Jersey area. That's kind of like the primary driver. And then, you know, we're, we're working on developing a, a new home service franchise and I also help people buy franchises. So I've been kind of in the franchising business all my, you know, adult life. My family's been it for 45 years. So I live and breathe it. I love it. Well, as a fellow lifer in franchising, my whole career has been spent in franchising as well. I appreciate your background and experience. And one of the reasons I was excited to have you on the show is to talk through you help the family business grow from a handful of franchises to over 30 and what that's like. Most of our clients are emerging franchise brands and they would love to have franchisees like you in their system. Most franchise systems would, right? So I'd love for you just to share maybe some insights of what it was like growing from just a few over 30 and what that experience was like and what kind of support the franchisor was able to offer or not offer that you wish you might have had? Yeah, so to sort of back it up, my dad got their Midas. My dad got in the business in 1976 when he was 22 years old with you know, my granddad. And, and then a couple of years later, his his brother-in-law joined and together, you know, they opened up stores for, you know, for 30 years. They had six locations kind of in the Philadelphia market. And you know, they were kind of the general manager over over these six six locations. And they bought and sold, you know, up and down a little bit, but that was like the core. You know, they they had they were looking to, you know, it was 2010, you know, they were looking to kind of retire and sell and, you know, 08, 09 been rough. And they'd, you know, been there for 30 years. They were ready to kind of move on and they weren't making any money. And I had graduated college and and thought, well, hey, instead of you guys selling it, like, what if I, you know, I come aboard and I see if I can like breathe some new life into these things. And so you know, I, I did that. I joined him after college. I, you know, nothing about cars. You know, it was always entrepreneurial nature, having having you know, whatever jobs and small businesses and things. But, you know, it was still it was still a lot for me to learn. And it was like one of the best parts of being in a franchise is like there's this whole knowledge group out there. And so I was able to kind of travel the country. You know, I make friends with other, you know, younger franchisees who are, who are kind of growing and sharing best practices and ideas and come back and, you know, sort of implement those things. And and it took, you know, I don't know, six, five, six years, I'd say, of trying and growing and me, you know, me taking on more responsibility and, and them kind of you know, letting the reins kind of go. And we still had the six stores and we were starting to grow the sales that we we're starting to get better people in, starting to kind of create 
kind of a, a more vibrant culture, integrating Slack and like, I don't know, I don't know Slack back then, but more technology. Today we use Slack and ClickUp and all stuff. But, and then, you know, my, my older brother had joined, you know, we, we were both employees, we had no equity, you know, we both wanted to make more money. And the only way we were going to make more money is if the pie got bigger. We went out and got a loan and were able to acquire two more locations kind of in the, in the Philly market that we owned, you know, separately from the original six. And then, you know, we just snowballed it where that was, that was in 2016. And then, you know, kind of the money we made from those two locations, we put back in, we bought another one in 17. And then we bought another one in 18. We opened up another one in 18. We opened up another, or bought another one in 19. And at this point, we'd like, you know, so we had six, they kind of had six. It was all ran as like one company, but, you know, equity splits were different. And then, you know, we said, hey, I think we can go into another state. I think like we've kind of got this thing down. We've got like the infrastructure. So we, we reached out to a guy in New Jersey, seven locations, older, you know, looking to retire, didn't have an exit plan. So we were able to buy his his seven locations in a, in a single shot. So we go from 12 to 19 overnight in a, in a brand new state. And then once we were in the state, you know, the 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 other, you know, ones and twosies, you know, who, who wanted to sell, you know, to come to us. So we were to acquire those and we were able to acquire another group of five. And so it's kind of a lot of our growth has been through acquisition through, you know, it's a legacy brand, you know, a lot of older, you know, franchisees that want to get out. We've opened up new stores to competitors or, you know, closed locations and things like that too. So, so yeah, as of today, you know, we bought out our, our, our dad and uncle a couple of years ago and, you know, we, uh, my brother and I now working on kind of building this organization and that's kind of the more of the details on the growth. You talked about implementing some technology and tools and systems and feeling that comfort level of going to a new state after you had mm -hmm. opened your own six and started to do that. How did the operation change from the six or 12 combined at that point yep. to now cross state lines? You can't just drive down the road maybe an hour and meet with the employees at the location. Yeah, and so that was like a big fear we had to overcome. Like, and and that you know we had thought a lot of our success was because we were local. Like, every store is fifteen minutes to the next. Like, they're kind of daisy chained in a manner in in the Philly in the Philly market. And you know, kind of as my dad ran it, right? It was extremely hands on. You know, we were less hands on. Obviously, we had more and more stores, and then we had hired out. You know, those roles as these these district managers. And we found that, you know, a good district manager could oversee, you know, six, seven, maybe up to eight, eight locations pretty well. He would be the like the center contact for the stores and doing the, you know, the hiring, training, you know, the operational excellence, holding them accountable, all that, all that stuff. So I was like, you know, we were kind of less involved in that day to day because we had at that point, I think we had two guys over the, the 12 stores. And so, you know, when we, you know, so we had this like limiting belief that we were only successful because, you know, it's, it's local. And so... You know, eventually we kind of got over that and said, hey, listen, like we don't actually like I I'm not in these stores every single day making it happen. Like we we create the vision, we hire the good employees, we set the expectations, right? We hold them accountable, we track a lot of stuff. You know, we're digitally very connected through Slack and Teams and all this stuff. And so, you know, that that was kind of the thing where we said, All right, well, we're not like, you know, if if we're not like having to go to these stores every day to make them successful, does it really matter if it's, you know, 45 minutes down the road or an hour and a half, you know, up the turnpike? Like, no, like they're, they're basically the same as, as long as we can like a hire really good leadership team that lives in market. Cause like someone still needs to be on site and, and provide that coaching and hire the people and, and, you know, have the oversight. And so, you know, we, we really then just look to, to hire that, that district manager who lives in the market who would share the same core values as us in terms of like, they're very driven, they, they want to win, you know, they're responsible, they're accountable, they're friendly, all these things. And so that's what we kind of did. We said, all right, we'll go hire, hire a district manager who's got experience and, and place him in it, you know, get him, we got him, you know, hired and onboarded into our system, 
I don't know, two months before or a month, six, six weeks before the acquisition date. So that the, by the time he had taken over, you know, the, the Jersey market, he had already kind of was integrated in our system, knew our, our expectations, you know, was, was comfortable with the point of sale and all that stuff. And so, so, and then once we kind of got over that, you know, with the other acquisition we did up, you know, now we have eight, seven or eight stores up in this market that's about an hour and a half north of Philadelphia. It was kind of the same thing of, all right, as long as we can, you know, find a guy up there and we can, we can just continue to kind of duplicate it. As you've expanded and maybe have plans to continue to expand in the system and doing other business ventures, as you've grown through this over the last roughly, you know, eight, 10 years or so, what do you know now that if you could tell yourself something, you know, when you were first getting started? Couple, a couple things. I mean, sometimes I think we've, we've held on to people who weren't good for way too long that like hurt, hurt the business, right? You have somebody, you know, they're cancerous, you know, they're like hurting it, but for whatever reason, I'm, we're, I'm blinded by it or just like what, whatever it is. And so sometimes we, we've made it, you know, and, and I take responsibility where, you know, I've hired the guy and I should have fired the guy and I didn't. And then it like leads to all these other problems, right? Cause you have like the wrong, the wrong people in the wrong seats. And so that'd be advice is like, if once you know, someone's right, like there's really, or once you know, someone's not right, you, there's really like no turning around. Like most people don't get magically better. And so part of it is like re- getting really good and having a lot of clarity around like who is the right person, especially in these leadership roles and working really hard to find those people and retain those people. And if they're not right, like, you know, find the right people. And so that, that's a big one. The other one, like I mentioned before, the, the limiting belief that, you know, hey, I thought that, you know, cause we, we had other opportunities to acquire other stores, even in market and just thinking like, kind of thinking small about that. You know, and one of the big lessons is like, if if someone else can do it, like I can do it, you know, like none of this is like rocket science, right? Like, and we're kind of, we have the mentality and we, you know, my, my brother and I have kind of like, we'll like say yes, and then we'll figure it out, right? Because we're, we're pretty confident that we can figure it out. So even in the thing and, you know, going into New Jersey or buying these new stores, or, you know, we're going to have this new, this new venture and this new franchise and a lot of these things, it's like, we're, we're, you know, we believe in ourselves. We believe other people can do it, that we can do it. And I think some people just like overthink, they want to analyze, they want to create all these like big spreadsheets and they have this, like all the details. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know, I think you just got to trust your intuition sometimes. And so a lot of times we'll say yes. And then, then we'll, then we kind of figure it out. And sometimes we mess up and then we just change it. Like other times, you know, we made, we made the right decisions and I think indecision by people is a huge problem. Your career in franchising, you've grown these stores and that leads you to new ventures in franchising. So I'd love for you to share some of the other avenues that you're branching into in the franchise world. Yeah, so we just signed a 13-unit development deal with That One Painter, which is a residential painting franchise. So we're going we're gonna to develop almost all the Philadelphia market and, and surrounding counties and up in the markets that we already kind of exist and, and we're, we're comfortable with. So we're really excited about that. I mean, you know, one of our biggest bottlenecks for growth on Midas is 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 real estate. Like it's really hard to find retail, automotive, four thousand square foot, major road. You know, it meets all the demographics that isn't too close to an existing store. Because a lot of these, especially in the Northeast, things are zoned and like in clusters, and so sometimes zoning is an issue. And so, you know, we also we don't want to get on a plane. You know, we just don't want to complicate our lives. We have to travel to all these different cities, and so we we really want to grow in the Philadelphia. You know, Jersey, kind of this region where it exists. And so, you know, while we continue to look for real estate opportunities, you know, we like the idea of having a business that has literally zero real estate, almost no overhead. It's 100% mobile. It's really like a sales and marketing machine. Uh, and we're really good at driving sales and, and, and doing the marketing. So I think we could do really well in that. So we're, we're launching that in February. Like we're getting through the holidays and then, and then we're launching. We, we got a two year development plan on that. And then, um, yeah, I, I help people buy franchises. So I've, you know, kind of got on Twitter last year, just, sharing my experience growing our business and 
you know, resonated with a lot of people. And I had a lot of people, you know, reach out to me saying, Hey, how do I find a franchise? What should I look for? You know, how do we how do we find a, a scalable franchise? Right. And a lot of people we work with want to, you know, they they want something that can grow and they don't want something that, you know, only wants to stay small. And so yeah, so people started coming to me. And so I I've I've kind of built a team now and we're in a so we do franchise consulting. We kind of play matchmaker, help people find, you know, the best brand based on their skills, their budget, their location, availability, all that stuff. So that's that's a lot of fun. And we get to I get to meet a lot of entrepreneurs and help them build big businesses just like mine. So you're certainly a great example of someone that can come in, get started with maybe initially a small multi-unit development option, a three or a five unit franchise, or maybe even a single unit and grow and develop and build this. So I think it's great that you're coaching and helping consult these folks through this process. Well, Brian, this is a great time in the show where we make a transition. We ask every guest the same four questions before they go. And the first question we ask is, have you had a miss or two on your journey and something you learned from it? All my experience in franchising has been a success. We we've opened up we opened up another brand that was in a similar space. It was an automotive parts space that was a franchise, and yeah, I mean it failed. Like we you know we did it for a number of years. We lost money through the whole. We never made a minute of dime. It's just a, a loss the whole time. And so we we got out of that. And a lot of it was like you know a understanding the business model. Like that was a B two B model. All my successes in you know B two C. It was like you know B and B two B. It's heavy relationship based, right? Because like you know, we're, we're, you know, in the, in the B2C space, it's, it's heavy marketing, right? Things are a little bit easier, more mass, mass appeal. And so some of it was like understanding, I think what your skill set is and like picking a business that matches kind of what your skill sets are. And for me, I'm not really necessarily like the relationship guy to go and smooze with all these, like, in this case, it was other shops to buy parts from us. And so anything, that was a huge mess. And we lost a ton of money in that. You know, obviously I learned a lot. And in this case, it was what, what kind of business I didn't want to have. That was relationship and inventory and high high overhead costs and, and all that stuff. So it's an interesting story you share. I had a similar experience, but the opposite. I've always been B2B, somehow was convinced to get into a B2C franchise. And let's just say it had a very yep. similar experience. It just did not yeah. go well. That's like uh, you know, people always yeah. ask, like, what's the perfect franchise? Right. And like the, the there's no magic bullet, like something that I would do really well and you might do you lose money and do terrible in the same thing. Like so a lot of it, I think, when when people look at franchising, it there's 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 nothing magical here. It's right there's a full spectrum, and it's finding a brand that matches like what your skills are and like the type of business you want to run. And and that's a great thing. There is something for everyone. It's just a matter of like finding what's right for you. I think is key. And certainly the service you provide in helping with your consulting business and helping folks kind of sort through that because sometimes it's hard to figure it out on your own. Let's talk about a make or two. You've shared some wins already. Is Are there other highlights or wins you'd like to share? Uh, Yeah, I mean, some of our biggest wins, I mean, with franchising, we, we've done a number of creative financing deals. So in these acquisitions, right, many of them, almost all of them have been have been owner financed. And so that you know, basically in that scenario, the seller of the, the franchise becomes like the bank, right? So we make a down payment, we make monthly payments with interest, like he's got a note and security agreement and all the same stuff the bank would have. And there's some win-wins in that, you know, a lot of cases, some of these are that we're buying aren't, aren't making any money. And so that, you know, a bank would never like give a loan on it. And then he wants a price that, you know, isn't maybe necessarily justified by anybody, but if the terms are good, right, it can make sense. And so I think that's, one of the really creative things in franchising is, you know, it is a relationship once you're in the franchise and franchisees want to sell to other franchisees when when they want out. It's the easiest transaction versus dealing with a, with an outsider. And so I think one of our biggest wins is figuring out how to structure these owner finance deals so that the seller is good and that, you know, we're good 
I think for, for anybody looking to grow in a franchise, even if it's a newer franchise, like sometimes people buy franchises and it's just not right for them. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a legacy franchise to have these opportunities. And so getting good at that is, is, is key. Let's talk about a multiplier that you've used to grow yourself, personally, professionally, any of your businesses you've been involved with. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple. The, the one I think that I, I speak to the most about is, so in January of 21, I hired a, uh, a business coach. And, and so I'm, I'm part of like an entrepreneurial, you know, higher net worth like group. And a bunch of the guys there had, had a lot of success in, in hiring coaches to help them just, you know, expand their mindset, grow their, grow their thinking. And certainly I hired, you know, I found, you know, somebody who, who's highly recommended and, and a ton of experience and hired him. And, and, you know, that kind of kicked off a, a number of things for me and, you know, launching you know, my podcast and like the whole personal brand and Twitter and all of this stuff that, that's working today. You know, after kind of a, a first couple calls with him and thinking like what direction we wanted to go in, that's what led to like reach out to this guy in New Jersey and like coming over that. And so a lot of it, I think, is for me, and, I, and I'm, I'm still with him today. I've spent, I don't know, or I've invested, I don't know, over $100,000 $100, with him over, you know, now two years, you know, but I've got, I've gotten a huge, huge return on that too. I think sometimes like you, you got to invest in yourself. I think it's the best investment you can make. And I think sometimes you got to find the right person who, who can help you. But for me, it was overcoming objections and, and really starting to see like my own objections, right? These limiting beliefs I talked about and really seeing what's possible. Sometimes these guys can open up a whole new world that you didn't even know existed. So, well, Brian, the final question we ask every guest is what does success mean to you? Yeah, I mean, success to me is 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 freedom. I think what we're all seeking is freedom, right? Freedom of time to to spend time doing whatever we want to do each day. To have money to be able to, you know, go on trips or whatever we want to do, right? Not worry about money. Relationship freedom, I think, is is awesome. Like you know, working with the who we want to work with and not being forced into coworkers or or, or people that you don't want to be involved in. And think, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, like you have the opportunity. To, to create all that, right? You can create a company, you hire who you want. You know, if you hire the right people, they will take over roles that you once had as the owner, which then gives you more time freedom. And, you know, if they're good, obviously, you know, that's scalable and then that gives you more money and then you have more freedom there. To, to, so for me, it's, you know, spending time with, you know, my, my wife and my, we have two kids, the dog, and, you know, we like to go on trips and like, you know, we like to like to travel. And so I think a lot of it for me is you know, building a business that gives me freedom. And I think franchising is one of the best paths to get there, where, you know, for the right people. So, And Brian, as we bring this to a close, is there anything you were hoping to share or get across that you haven't had a chance to yet? Yeah, I mean, if they're interested in, in me, like I said, I've, I've got a podcast, Business with Beers. It's on all the major platforms. So I, I bring on franchisors, franchisees. We talk about Finding, just scaling, operating—you know, franchises. We also, I also talk about some, some, some investment stuff. Of once you're starting to make money, you know, where do you put it? So, yeah, I mean, that would be the best. You know, my only plug here is if you want to learn more about me, that that'd be a great place. Brian, thank you so much for a fantastic interview. And let's go ahead and jump into today's three key takeaways. So, takeaway number one is when Brian talked about holding on for people too long. And what he meant by that is when you know that someone that's working for you is not the right fit, he said it's rare and very unlikely they turn around. And so he said, once you know they're not the right fit, it's best for all parties to go ahead and separate. Takeaway number two is when he talked about a miss that he had, and he said he opened up a B2B business franchise 
And he's always been in the B2C business. And he just said the business model wasn't a great fit. And I thought that was interesting because I had shared a story of mine where I have always been in the B2B space and opened up a B2C franchise and it didn't go so well. And his point that he made thereafter is that there are lots of franchises out there and there's certainly one that could be the right fit for you or the franchisee that's maybe coming into your franchise system. Takeaway number three is when he talked about purchasing and buying some of the other franchisees in the Midas franchise system when he purchased some existing franchise locations. And he said he was creative with financing deals with some of these franchisees. And I thought the use of creativity was important. So be willing to be creative, think outside the box, or be willing to think of things in a different way. I think that's the takeaway there. And now it's time for today's win-win. So today's win-win came from when Brian talked about the multiplier that he used. And for him, it was hiring a business coach. And I think business coaches are fantastic and certainly great consultants. Certainly, it is a little self-serving, but as a consultant, we advise our clients well, and we have expertise and knowledge in our area that will help our clients get to where they want to go faster, generally on a much more narrow pathway. And that's the same reason, for example, why I have a business coach and others. And Brian talked about how hiring that business coach for him coming up on almost three years ago has accelerated his growth in his pathway to find that right person to help guide and coach him along the way. And I encourage you, if you have not done so, to consider doing that as well. And so that's the episode today, folks. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. And remember, if you or anyone you know might be ready to franchise their business or take their franchise company to the next level, please connect with us at BigSkyFranchiseTeam.com. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to having you back next week.